Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. And with us tonight is John Van Berger. How's it going, John? Hey, it's going well. How are you guys doing? We're sweating. It's so <laughs> hot in here. Yeah. With the, with the whole COVID-19 thing that we're we're actually out in the garage now. Because I'm not allowed in the house. Because Derek's not allowed in the house. You know, he's not puppy trained. <laughs> yeah, but and, that happened before COVID-19. So. Yeah. yeah. Derek was on his way out before COVID hit. But my garage is um, insulated for like so I can be in here in the winter. It's not so good. It's not so great if you're in here in the summer. I've got an air conditioner. I should bring it next week. Yeah, we well, we got the fan here, but unfortunately, we can hear it. Yeah, the fan was Through. actually good when it was running, but it's yeah. just the noise on the, noise the microphones. Just, yeah. So this is what we're willing to do to put yeah. out a podcast. <laughs> I think Derek's eyebrows are sweating. Yeah. His eyelashes are sweating. My beard is sweating. <laughs> and if we turn the fan on, this is what you'd hear. And we're outside in a field in a thunderstorm right now. I literally could hear no difference. <laughs> Sorry. What are, you, what are you saying? Oh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm well, tripping. Yeah, uh, to start, uh, yeah, we, we may end up being naked by the end of this. We're nothing but socks and but underwear. But it's a podcast. We can do that. It's a podcast. We can do that. John apparently is doing it in the nude anyway, so. That's right. I'm going for the record for, you know, most continuous days without wearing clothes. <laughs> so what are we drinking tonight, Sean? What's that? I said, what are we drinking tonight, Sean? I don't know what John's drinking. I think John's having water. He says he drinks like alcohol, but I've never actually seen him. <laughs> I drank water to shock my liver. <laughs> we have a, a buddy that listens to our show and we've paddled with him a couple times. He actually, we met up uh, and did the lock and paddle, the night lock and paddle uh, in Peterborough at the lift lock last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin Van Heck. And he does a lot of solo trip. He did the uh, meanest link up through Algonquin Park. He did that okay. solo. Um, I think, yeah, that yeah, was him that did that. And he's done a couple other nice jaunts and, and whatnot through Algonquin. And he's... Started getting into the homebrew beer mm-hmm. uh, before COVID hit. I guess he won a uh, a kit and uh, gave it a whirl, liked it. So then when this all hit, he decided he's going to start doing this. And uh, he uh, sent me a message there earlier today and said, hey, uh, are you into sours? I said, they're hit or miss. We've enjoyed some and there's others that we wouldn't give our worst enemy. And he <laughs> says, oh, well, if... He's made some, and then some, his friends seem to like it, so he's going to drop it. So he dropped a couple off to us tonight. I got to say, it's not that bad. Uh, there's there's two comments I have to say about it. For first is when you first told me that Dustin dropped off some homebrew for us to try. I was like, uh, my experience with the homebrew was not traditionally very good, so I was a little bit nervous. Well, that's you. And uh, and also we've had some bad experiences with sours. Yeah. I'll have to say that this is. Not only the best homebrew I've tried, it's the best sour I've tried. Yeah. It's it's compared to any sour that I've had previously, and some of them were bad. There's there's one I, I met. We, we got a, I got a six-pack of them. We uh, ended up playing a joke on McKenzie, I think, with oh, one. Oh, yeah. We gave it. Yeah. Here, try this. But yeah, it's, it's great stuff. So that stuff from Chronicle Brewing in Bowenville, that stuff is like a prank beer. It's like, hey, try this. Yeah. So, <laughs> but this, uh, so that, that one, I still have three cans of it at home. It's like. 18 months old now. <laughs> I, I meant to, sh- to mail Oh, yeah, because you were supposed to take them home to your wife and say, here. I, I did. I did give her one. I, I pranked her with one. 
and uh, I, got, I have it on video. It's not a good look on her face. <laughs> and I was going to mail the rest to uh, to Scott to man camping. Oh right, Scott Robinson. Uh, so yeah. it's like I was going to mail it to him. It's like, hey, I want you to try the try beer. These. <laughs> that one can that one can that you pranked your wife with it still hasn't worked its way out of your. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was that was a that was the worst sour. But this here, it's yeah. a nice sour. It's a nice homebrew. I'm used to it uh, kind of tasting homebrews tasting skunky, this but uh, bad, this is a really good beer. And of course, like 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 his instructions were, you had to shake yours up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Thanks, Dustin. Uh, really <laughs> taking the bit of the heat off tonight. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. So what's up with you guys this week? What have you been doing? Me? I've been sweating my butt off. That's it? Working and sweating? <laughs> so the problem is, is uh, in the building that I'm in, the typical office building, they crank the AC. Mm-hmm. So like a couple times this week, I was wearing a jacket at work. Yeah. And then you have to walk outside to get to your car. And it's like, oh, no. Right? Yeah. It's, and that's what causes the summer colds. Yeah. Hot, yeah. Cold, hot, it's the cold, shock. hot, cold, yeah. hot, cold, hot, cold, yeah. Yeah, it's nasty, but it's uh, it's particularly busy at my work because pretty much everybody's gone on vacation, so I'm doing like triple duty. Awesome. <laughs> I'm picking up everybody else's work. It's like, oh no, guy <laughs> like that. What are you being up to, John? Anything this week? Um, well, you know, I I've, I've been doing a lot of lawn mowing. Ah. <laughs> a lot of lawn mowing. A lot of lawn mowing. Yeah, it's it's been this just the best summer I've ever had. Huh. My lawn is dead, <laughs> yeah. dead, dead, dead. Yeah, we've we've colored our our lawn brownish this year. <laughs> yeah, I should do that because I'm spending more time mowing than I am just about anything else these days. So you're still getting a lot of rain. Uh it's we we had thunderstorms go through last night. It's it's starting to dry up a bit here. I know that you had you've got actually a lot of places over there where you have fire bans, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, what yeah, you're saying, I think last week's show. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, last week I'd said that I'm sure they're coming. Yeah. And sure enough, this week, this week they've been showing up. Yeah. 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 Um, and I know there's some up in uh, Boundary Waters Canoe area right now, too. Yeah. Quetico is up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They've got uh, the fire bands on as well. So, yeah, all I've been doing is working in a nice chilly basement <laughs> and uh, tearing out a deck. <laughs> and putting down dirt and gravel where the deck used to be so it can turn it into lawn. And that's about it. Sweating, yeah. sweating, sweating, <laughs> sweating. When I first got here, Sean took me out back, and I, I was shocked by how small his deck was when he yeah, showed me. That's a mighty small deck you got there. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, other than that, like, it's just a, lot of, a big work week. But we've got a lot of trips coming up in the next month and a half or so so that'll all work out in the end yeah i was just looking at the weather for me and mike's trip and tamagami and the weather's not too bad it's like sunny most of the time but yeah. um it's, well, it's not going to be 40 yes you're right but still it like at night it's like 17 18 19 degrees which is still a little bit warm for me to sleep at night so <sighs> i'll have to uh <laughs> I'm sure it'll 40, be fine. 40 Celsius is like 90-something Fahrenheit, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> All I That's know is so- 85 is pool temperature, right? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Something like that. 
<laughs> I don't know. We're keeping our house at like 72 or something like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's the only thing in our house in Fahrenheit is our... <laughs> thermostat. Uh, thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it went up to 80-something. I think it was like 86 or something like that at one point or 84. Maybe. Oh, yeah? Something like that. Yeah, it was, it was low to mid-80s. And it's like, okay, well, I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll break down and put on the air conditioner now. And it hasn't turned off since. <laughs> but yeah, it just is. There's just been no break from it at all. Yeah. Now Toronto apparently got a lot of rain. So they must have, he must, they must have got the same storm that went through and hit John, right? A couple, must, of, couple must hours have later there because apparently it was quite the doozy. Yeah, flooding and, and we, stuff. Yeah, and we got nothing. Yeah, I, I had a when I looked out the back deck this morning. There was a slight sprinkle on on the on the deck. Just oh, not but us. nothing was wet. It was just yeah. a light sprinkle. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Hmm. I was out at one in the morning watching a skunk and talking to the skunk out on my front lawn. Oh, if you get up at three <laughs> thirty in the morning, yeah, a comet is visible in the west. No, in the east. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the east. So it's uh, tonight or next week for the last week and for the next week. It's, oh, I uh, thought it was next. Week. It's starting to go away. It's uh, right oh. now is an ideal. Like what was it on? Monday, Tuesday was the best time, but it just it started becoming visible on Tuesday. Before that, you needed binoculars, and by the weekend, it's going to be even brighter. And but it's going to be starting to rise later and later in the morning. So right. eventually, you're not going to see it because it'll be daytime when it daytime comes when it's there. Mm-hmm. So right now is the time you want to be out there at three in the morning. Three thirty in the morning. Yep, you'll see it rise at three thirty. Best viewing is about four to five before the sun comes up. Yeah, before the Sean wakes up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, just take a picture and send it to me, would you? That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, John, yeah. you went on a hike to test some gear, did you not? Yeah, I went on to uh, the Ice Age Trail, which is uh, we've chatted a little bit about it on the show before. Yep. Um, for anyone that may not have heard that, the Ice Age Trail is... Completely in Wisconsin, it is 1,140 miles, and it is uh, winds around the state. So it's uh, all different types of terrain, and uh, it follows the last, basically the last level of of glaciation. And that's, this trail is the one you're going to do in the winter, right? This is the one I'm hoping to do this winter, yeah, and I'm, I'm saying hoping because of you know, it seems like a lot of plans right now are getting canceled. Yeah, I know, eh? Um, but, you know, what I'd like to do that this winter. It's uh, That's the goal. But I'm a little concerned with what I'm reading about, you know, how COVID will be affected by flu season. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But if uh, we stay optimistic, yeah, I'm going to go hike it this winter. Awesome. Cool. Right on. <laughs> so you like tow a sled and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm going to take canvas a... canvas snow trekker or whatever yep. it's called? Yep. Snow trekkers uh, sponsoring it for us or helping us out. And uh, I'll, I'll tow a small sled and I'll have a, a backpack. And, um, and then the sled, the Polk, will actually sit on a bicycle cargo trailer. So that I can go ahead when I get to a road section, flip it over, oh. use the wheels, huh. and when I get to the next section, flip it back over um, to go across the snow. That's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. Huh. So, 
Yeah, so I wanted to go out and just kind of go hike some of it and uh, just uh, try out some of the... I've been getting some ultralight gear, some camping and backpacking gear. So I thought, well, you know what? Before it gets really hot, this was, um, what, two weeks ago now, I guess. I thought before it gets really hot, uh, I'll go out and, and uh, get in a few days of uh, hiking and backpacking. Cool. Right on. There wasn't yeah. any canoeing involved, though, was there? There may have been canoeing involved, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So the the section that I did, because what they do is um, they break it up into sections depending on the county that it's in and such. And so I did a, a, a section called the, a lot of a section called the Summit Marine Trail up in northeastern Wisconsin. It's near a town called Antigo. It's north of there. And it's really heavily wooded up there, a lot of small lakes, uh, wetlands. It, it's just gorgeous. And so... Uh, I went up there, and it was, uh, I have spent a lot of time in Alaska and a lot of time in the Yukon, mm-hmm. and the bugs, <laughs> mosquitoes, <laughs> were actually heavier here really? than up there. Yeah. And see, yeah. when I was on my trip, like even around here, like people are saying, oh yeah, the bugs are out and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. wandering outside. I'm not being eaten. I went on... That uh, four-day canoe trip and got a couple of bites, but nothing nothing massive like people are describing. Mm-hmm. I've oh. not found all these bugs people are talking about. Yeah, when I, I went camping, I didn't experience that either. Not not a lot of bugs. There was bugs. There was, yeah, there was but, some mosquitoes and whatnot, but nothing like... I wasn't overwhelmed. I hmm. threw uh, my bug shirt on like... At, like I got... I, I had a actually a, a trail angel up there help me out. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, it was really cool. Um, a lady named Gloria Baker Rettinger had taken me out to a, a drop spot so I, and I could hike back to my car. So I didn't have to like hike out and back. So at least I could nice. get more. Yeah, it was really nice of her. Get more trail mileage in. And basically, we got to the spot uh, where she was going to drop me off and started to rain. I thought, okay, well, we'll just wait a second here, you know. And she was fine. She was like, oh, yeah, just, you know, let this let this blow over. And uh, so it did, and I got out, and it wasn't the kind of rain that, that sent the mosquitoes packing. And, right. And it was just, like, immediately, uh, immediately threw on the bug shirt, and I thought, I should be good just with the bug shirt. And I would say within a half mile, um, I was stopped again pulling out the hundred percent deet um you know the the stuff that melts plastic yeah and um throwing that on because the bug shirt wasn't enough where were they getting through uh arms shoulders because you know you think with that pack right when you've got a backpack on it's going to pull some of that some of those areas tight so uh and then hands yeah so ended up using that and uh, it was, I, I, I tell you what, I actually was like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> and, and then I remembered the reason that I came up with the idea of doing the Ice Age Trail in winter was strictly because of that, because of the bugs. Uh, there's a section here called the Plover River section. And uh, Jan and I have kayaked it before. We, we kayaked the Plover. And we got out at one, just there were some down trees, and we got out to pull the uh, kayaks around them 
and we're just swarmed with mosquitoes. So I thought, <laughs> why bother with that? I'll just hike it in winter. So I got a good reminder of why I, sh- why I want to do that this year. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a, it's a, for me, it's a highlight. Winter camping, the highlight of winter camping is no bugs. No bugs. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you know, it's, it, you, you play that off against, you're walking through beautiful territory. Um, there was a gentleman whose, whose name escapes me right now, who just ran the entire Ice Age Trail, uh, posted the fastest known time. Huh. And, uh, he was two days, I think, into it. And the, the, the mosquitoes and flies and ticks were so bad, he, he almost quit. He oh, was wow. so, yeah. He had a he had a like a journal entry that day, and he was so dejected. Um, so he he stuck it out though, and uh, set the beat the existing record by like four and a half five hours. So that's huge. Wow. Yeah. So uh, so in his honor, I I ran the entire thing. <laughs> in your mind. In my mind, I I ran about ten feet to uh, to the lake edge, uh, <laughs> and jumped in to get away from the bugs. That's right, yeah. But no, it was it was uh, beautiful. The um, there's not a lot of campsites along the trail in, in certain sections, uh, and so they've cut there. There's a Ice Age Trail Alliance, and they're buying properties and putting little shelters on them so people can camp there and make food and such. Right. And uh, they also are cutting uh, little dispersed camping areas in. And so my first night, I stayed at one of these little dispersed camping areas because the woods are so thick; it's hard to find a spot to actually, um, you know, lay out your uh, your tent. And, and so these, they go in and they cut these. And the first night, they had one on the edge of a lake, so that was it was really nice. And they they have those all through. Um, they have them well in the they're they're more likely in the northern areas, right? Uh, the southern area of the state, down toward Madison, and you know it, more populated areas, and going over towards Milwaukee, uh, does not have them, and it's harder to find camping places down there, right? But uh, but yeah, up there they have those. There are some primitive sites. There are um, you know like county campgrounds and state forest campgrounds and things like that. So you you just kind of cobble this together. And, and for me, it worked out really well because um, one day, I I, uh, I think it was the second day, and I was really, you know, again, the mosquitoes were terrible, and I got bit in places you just shouldn't get bit um, <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> and uh, I thought, man, it was, was this a bad idea? And I hiked three, four miles and I came to a, a primitive campsite, and I, I was just going to keep going on and get some more trail miles in. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll look at this. So just for future reference, so when I come back in the winter, I'll know what you know what's here. And I walked in, and it was just a campsite that was on a point out in the lake. So the breeze was going through, and there were no mosquitoes. I was like, oh, this is nice. Mm-hmm. There was, there was a, uh, there was an outhouse. There were some picnic tables. Nice. And I, I know, right? And I'm like, this is great. I really like this. And I walked in, and there was a canoe sitting there. Oh, <laughs> you sure you didn't just walk into somebody's campsite? <laughs> somebody's their, cabin, their backyard. <laughs> yeah, somebody's backyard. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it was, it was awesome. And uh, so I thought at that point, it's like, you know what? I have not put anywhere near enough miles on today, but I'm going to stay here. 
And uh, so I stayed. And I w- they left paddles. They left life vests there. Oh, so they weren't there. They just abandoned the stuff? No, this was, I think what this was, the people that set up the this campsite uh, had left this there for people to use. Oh, yeah? Wow. It was great. Yeah. And well, because so, it's, it's far enough away, I don't think you would portage it out. Well, you know, it wasn't as far as, 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 as I continued up the trail. It wasn't as far away from a, a well-known camping area as, as I kind of thought. But, um, and I'm not going to say the name of any of this right now just because, you know, we don't want someone running yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, but, but it's Federal Lands? Yes. It, it was fantastic, you hmm. know. And so, so I got out on the water and, and there were loons swimming around and it was just like, oh, this is just heaven, you know. <laughs> so, so I think uh, in the fall I may have to go back up there again. Yeah. And, and check uh, it out. Yeah. And, and see it in fall color season would be gorgeous. Wow, that must have been a free canoe for whoever left it there, because I sure wouldn't leave one of mine there. No, exactly right. <laughs> no, cause you don't know who's going to use it and how they're going to use it and yeah, how right. they're going to treat it. You know, it was an old it was an old Coleman, and uh, I think I was a fourteen and a half, fifteen, and uh, but it was you know it was it was such a great surprise, and to be able to get on the water, I I went out paddling three times that day. <laughs> cool, right on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was great. And the next day was uh, National uh, Canoeing Day up in your neck oh, of the woods. Yeah. And I didn't realize that or I would have – I was trying to beat a storm coming in as I was hiking out that morning. Um, and I had, you know, a lot more miles to make up. So I uh, I would have I went paddling in the morning too had I actually known that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Figure being part of a Canadian podcast, you might know this. I know, sort of right? <laughs> you have to review your contract. You might get a paid paid. <laughs> reduction. Lowering reduction, yeah. <laughs> Pay to grade. <laughs> well, um, yeah. didn't we agree that we would, uh, to each of us, we're going to take half of our pay and give it to him? Isn't that what we agreed well, on? Well, not anymore. <laughs> so your purpose of going out really was to check out the trail and to test some gear. Yes. Yeah. Uh, gear that not only for hiking, but you could be using for paddling trips as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, I injured my back years ago, and this is the first time since, like, like in the last year and a half, is the first time I've been able to backpack. Right. Since oh. 1992. Wow. Yeah. So it's so, just starting to feel normal. Yeah. It's a slow recovery. And, and it's it's the ultralight gear that's making it possible because you oh, know the stuff okay. that I used to have, I couldn't carry the weight on my back. Right. So now, with you know some of the gear that's out there, I'm actually able to do this and enjoy it. So, you know, and and not worry that, you know, okay, well, I'm going to go out and try this and then spend the next two or three weeks on the couch. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I really happy with uh, with a lot of this gear. Well, did we lose you? I have been no, weighing yeah. stuff. Sorry, and, you cut out there a second, John. You've been happy about what? Oh, uh, I've been really happy with this. a lot of this gear um, and, you know, just to be able to do this again. But, you know, I'm going through and I'm weighing stuff and looking at, you know, that there's that tug of war between, you know, your time on the trail or time on a portage mm-hmm. versus your time in camp, right? Exactly. Right. 
what makes sense and, and so that the, sort of thing. There's so. the necessities list and then there's the uh, the comfort list and then there's the I really want to have that list. And, you yeah. know, it's really hard to uh, when you're trying to pare down weight. It's really tough to look at some stuff, and so you pare it down to a minimal and says, "Well, no, I really want to bring that thing, or I really want to bring that kettle, I really want to bring that pair of binoculars." And then the the the, the and really you almost compare it to a price, the price of the of the work that you're going to do. It's it's like how much weight do I reasonably want to carry versus what luxury items do I want to have with me, right? And right. you could pare it down to just the absolute necessity, but then you're kind of taking away some of the uh, the around camp pleasures, the you know the the morning coffee thing and stuff like that. It's a it's a it's a real battle the the weight and the the weight the backpack weight battle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I you know the for an ultra somebody to have an ultralight pack, the base weight has to be ten pounds. So that's mm-hmm. your gear. Less consumables, right? So less your food and less your water and stuff. And it's got to be 10 pounds or under. So I am not an ultralight backpacker. <laughs> I couldn't get it down to that. And and I don't want to, actually, you know. What's the um, total opposite end of that spectrum? One end of the spectrum, you're ultralight. The other end of the spectrum, you're... It, I think it just goes up to what's considered regular backpacking. I don't know if there's actually a term for that. Um, RV camping? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's more along the lines where my packs sit. <laughs> Gross vehicle weight pack. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I did a. Uh, I did a mountain hike years ago when I lived out in BC, and so we hiked up into the mountains, traversed through the uh, Strathcona Park on Vancouver Island, and came back down. And uh, the first time we did that trip, we. We were like new to hiking, and so we, uh, I was in the military at the time, and we managed to arrange to uh, get the military to uh, supply us with MREs. And, mm. and so MREs are not lightweight food. MREs are meant to be t- carried by a transport, uh, you know, personal transport and stuff like that. It's it's not meant, you know, you, you might carry one or two days worth in a pack in the military. But uh, like, so we had like six or seven days of MREs and it was, I, I think. The I'd metal put, foil packets. Yeah. yeah. And so it's all liquid yeah. food. And yeah. so I think my pack weight was like 60 or 70 pounds. Then the following year, we tried to go as light as possible, and I, I wasn't able to get it under 50 pounds, and that was to be with dehydrated food. But it was also, when you're in the mountains, it's like winter conditions, right? In August, we had like 10 feet of snow. So it's uh, you still have to pack for the cold. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so hard to get the pack weight down. It's I found it so difficult. But that was 20 years, 20 plus years ago. There's a lot lighter stuff. And uh, so the, I've... I've uh, done some hiking with Peter Romain and he uh he really gets his pack weight down he he does the ounce by this he's got a kitchen scale and he you know he like cuts the uh most of the handle off of his forks and spoons and and stuff like that right so he drills stuff out and he cuts stuff down and he spends big money on ultralight stuff and like typically he would have a pack weight of less than 25 pounds whereas the rest of us are hovering around 45 pounds so it's it's impressive but he also he he gives Skips. up a lot of luxury yeah. items. Like we'll talk about that a little later. Get, let's, let's we'll talk about this. We'll sure. get into all this ultra light. What would you give up? Mm-hmm. And what would you not give up? <laughs> we'll, chat, we'll, like, we'll go through what John's what John did. Sure. And then yeah, I, I want to talk about the ultra light 
stuff when it comes to tripping and paddle trips and stuff like that because it's it's an interesting topic. And like I say, I've had those conversations with Peter about what he does, and I'm just like, it's yeah. a little excessive. It gets excessive. <laughs> well, I'm actually looking at a new tent, a solo oh, yeah. tent, and I've been yeah. talking to Peter. Yeah. So we'll, I'll talk about that sure. a little later, but yeah, it's really interesting. And yeah, my packs are 50, 50 pounds. Yeah. I'm yeah. not getting it down to 10. No, it's, <laughs> right. it's almost impossible. I've got mine down to below 20 now. Freak. Um, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, oh, I lost him a bit for again. Come back to it's us. John. Okay. There he is. There he is. We, but we, the, but we the lost what? your voice oh. again. The the whiskey weight takes that right back. <laughs> oh, the whiskey weight, yes. That's the luxury yeah. item. It's like, yeah. okay, I'll take one less meal and I'll bring them. <laughs> and I'll bring a bottle. <laughs> that analogy yeah, of, of whiskey. Right. Yeah. I'm not eating for day four, eight, 12, and 13. But hey, I'm bringing whiskey. <laughs> so um, the what I took out and, and when a lot of people talk about like ultralight, they talk about your, your three systems, right? Your, your, they talk about your backpack, they talk about your tent and then your sleep system. So right. what I found was, um, a pack that works for me is called an, an Osprey. It's an Exos, uh, 58 pack and it's a, it's very light it's I could go lighter. I think it's uh what is it? It's two pounds twelve ounces. Mm-hmm. Right? And there are packs that go down to about a pound and a half. But it I love this pack because the the it has like a suspension system for it to keep the weight of the pack off your back. Oh, okay. So right. it's a really good it. really good hip pads, but it also pulls that out from your back so so you're not sweating as much. And so it's it's a lot cooler. Right. And so I really like this. But but again all of this is personal fit too, right? Uh, what what works for me with this is I have uh, a friend who has basically uh Zami has a has the the women's version of this pack. And she doesn't like it because the way it kind of sits up high. And that's probably cuz I have like really bad posture and I'm leaning forward like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but for me this fits good. And so I I would much rather take, you know, a, a pack that weighs two pounds twelve ounces that fits well versus a one pound eight ounce bag that doesn't, right? Well if that's gonna end up hurting you afterward, like you're not gonna enjoy your trip. Exactly. You know, especially yeah. at the end of the day when you're portaging and then you got a, a pack that's really garbage on your back. And at yes. the end of the day, you're trying to lay down on your thermo rest. It doesn't matter how good <laughs> that thermo yeah. rest is. Yeah. If you've got right. a sore back, that's hampering you the next day yeah so i i really love that system it's very it's very well thought out um it's you know this wasn't somebody that drew this up you know this is somebody you could tell somebody that uses these right um designed this because it's just the little touches and and where things are located and uh it's fantastic so it's an osprey exos and i love it the next piece of equipment that I, I I've taken out a couple times before, but not on a several nights on a trail kind of thing, is it's a big Agnes tent. Mm-hmm. It is their Fly Creek two person ultralight tent. It weighs in at two and a half pounds. Does it have a floor pan? 
it does have a floor, yes. Okay. And which, because, you know, that's something for me that, that I'm kind of like, especially here. I mean, I've been camping where, you know, I've had, I've had mice run over me or oh, you have your, yeah. you know, you have your arm like out of the bag, like I'm kind of like laying on, on, you know, my head on, resting on the arm and then spider runs across it or, <laughs> or a mouse or, you know, and you're just kind of like, or a snake. Yeah. A snake, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw either this weekend, by the way, up there, I either saw the world's largest garter snake or there's a there's a big snake that has the same kind of coloring because I looked at this thing, I'm like, holy crap. And, of course, the batteries in my camera had just died, so I wasn't able to get a photo of it, but this thing was huge. So I beat and, it to death with my camera since it wasn't working. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but it does have a floor... It is it is a it's freestanding, but you do have to kind of stake the feet area out a little bit to to get more room. Right. Um, I like this because I think uh, it has more stability than like a tent that uses your tent poles as you know as basically as it. Right. Um, so I like or, or your or your trekking, trekking poles, poles. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, it's all that water I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so you know this has good netting um it's very sheer it is very uh it's not quite see-through but it's pretty close and when you the floor actually you can look down and see through the floor okay and uh so what i do is i did buy and i know that people will be like why did you do that uh, the ultralight purists, um, but I did get you know the ground sheet for it, and then I also because a lot of the times when I, a lot of times when I go out, I won't I'll camp just out in the woods someplace and not in a campground. So you know you have the uh, the odds of of a puncture are a lot higher, right? Exactly. Right. Yep. So I got some uh, some <clears throat> Tyvek. I ordered some Tyvek sheet, and then I cut that to size. And I take that out as well, and that way I can lay that down. And to date, knock wood, I've been pretty lucky. But it is a very sheer tent. Hmm. Uh, but two and a half pounds. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, that's right? that's a that's pretty great. And mm -hmm. for the the cost of them is actually not that much anymore because Big Agnes now has come out with a carbon version of that tent, Oof. and <laughs> that one's expensive. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I went with the two-person version because it was just a few ounces more, and I wanted the extra space in there to have my gear and and you know really a you know again a two-person tent is more like a a one person with gear. So yeah, and see if if I had a waterproof like my bag that I bring on my canoe trips is uh, waterproof. I pack. Mm -hmm. So to me, a solo tent that fits just one person is good. Okay, it, because my my pack can sit outside and. You know, like I'm mm -hmm. off on some lake. It's not like people are passing by a hiking trail that yeah. you want to keep an eye on your gear, right? Right. So, yeah, you I know, guess for hiking, you'd want that extra space maybe to throw your gear in. Or just keep in it fact, out of the rain or something. Yeah. yeah. I did have a, a camp camp visitor and uh, that dispersed camping area that I was at. heard something and, and I, hey, hey, get out of here. And didn't hear anything, like no, nothing ran away, anything else. And I thought, oh, maybe I imagined it. Got up the next morning and went out and looked. I could see my boot prints where I was coming in. 
because it was pretty wet up there at the time, and bear tracks going right over it. Oh, uh, so it's yeah, like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I was I was glad I had some of those things in in the tent with me, and I I had hung my uh, I had a dry I had my uh, dehydrated food in a uh, dry bag, and I had hung that. So um, yeah, excellent. Yeah, so no problems there. So, but I but I I really do like this tent. My only the only thing about it that I noticed is. Because they're trying to save weight, there's basically the fly clips in the front and, and at the feet. But on the sides, it had just one tie-off area. So if you got any wind at all, the rest of it would start flapping. Oh, right. And it was a loud tent. And if you're <laughs> at all a light sleeper, it was like, oh. You're so, up all night. So it yeah. was like crink- the fabric was like crinkly type thing. Yeah, it was just pop, pop, pop. So uh, before this trip, we took uh, Jan and I got some uh, some ribbon tape and just put on a couple of loops, uh, one loop on each side of that, and it's it's perfect. Awesome. Um, you know, so minimal minimal weight there, but uh, a much quieter tent. And so I really like this thing, and the price again too is is come down. So it's a it's a pretty great tent to look at. For moving on to sleep systems. Yep. Um, I normally take out, I have a Thermarest pad. I have a couple of different Thermarest pads. They're old. Yeah. Uh, they're over 30 years each. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, and they work great. I mean, I, I, I love them. But I thought, you know, if I'm backpacking, I want to try to get something lighter. So I went to a Sea to Summit, an Ether Light Insulated Air Sleeping Mat. And I love this thing. How thick this is, is it? Yeah, I was just going to ask the same thing. I got to buy a sleeping uh, pad this weekend. When you inflate it, it's four inches thick. Ooh. It is, um, it's got that, it's called the Airstream Stuff Sack Inflator. And so what you do is you reverse the stuff sack. It, it uh, clicks into the valve and you basically just blow a little bit. And I don't mean like, you know, like you would, you know, inflate uh, inflate the old, you know, like the thermarest or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This you just kind of you open the stuff sack. You you from a foot away, you blow down air into it just a little bit so it Puffs expands up. out. Yeah. And then you roll it up, and right. it it fills the bag. Yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah, and you don't get um, you're not hurting the inside with your breath. You're not putting moisture inside the because uh, yours right. is insulated, right? Yeah. So is it down? Yes. Is it a down insulation? It's or synthetic. You know, I, I think I think it has a light down on the top of it. Okay. It's um, but that the stuff sack. I think three. Would you roll it up three times and start at the fourth, and it was completely full. Oh wow, that's pretty mm. good. Uh, yeah, oh, it's great. It's really it's uh it's my new go to. So what's the name really of it? Nice. Sea to Summit. What? Uh, Ether Light. Uh, insulated air sleeping mat. So worth checking out. Definitely. It's and it's also you know it's it's uh, I don't have the the weight in front of me right now, but it's it is very lightweight compared to the others. So I mean I saved a pretty good amount of weight with it. Just you know again just one more item, right? Yeah. Uh, and what were so you sleeping was, in on top of it? Well, I have. Two things, actually. I have, uh, when we had done the Yukon journey, 
um, Enlightened Equipment had sponsored us, and I've got a zero-degree Enlightened Equipment quilt. And obviously way too hot for summer. But I love those quilts so much that when I got back here, I bought a 30-degree quilt from them. Right. Uh, a revelation. And so I take that out, and I take a Sea to Summit silk liner. And so I use the silk liner regardless of, of the temperature because I just want to keep the oils and mosquito and everything off of the quilt. Right. Because, you know, a down quilt like that, to wash those is a chore. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, and that's not uh, a brand thing. That is just do- treated down is a pain in the butt to wash. It's a, it's a you know, it's a good long day to do. So um, I use that silk liner, and then if it gets cold, I just pull the other on top of me. So, Which is easy enough, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the quilt is like 20 ounces. So, again, you know, it's in, and it really a 30-degree quilt has a really wide temperature range because you can you can keep it open during warmer weather and then cinch it down in, uh, you know, in cold weather. So, yeah. um, I, you know, that's another, this is another purchase that I look at and, like, I love this thing, you know. Uh, water filters. Ah, oh, yes. Sawyer Mini. I I love this thing. Is it a physical you know I mean? pump one? You have to pump it yourself, or? Uh, well, what you do with the Sawyer Mini, it come. It's a it's a small little filter. It's probably three and a half four inches long, and it has a threaded end on it. And what you can do is is when you buy it, it comes with a little like a. Kind of like a plastic bag, I guess you'd say, that you can fill with water, then screw that onto the filter and squeeze that, and it pushes through the filter into your water bottle. Oh, okay. But what I found with it when I went out before was that plastic bag, if you will, is not easy to actually get in the water and fill because it wants to keep popping up. Yeah. And so I got a, I took out just an empty smart water bottle and filled that up and then use that and just squeeze it. And then you, you know, you unscrew it just a hair, let the air get into it, you know, tighten it back up, squeeze it again. And I, it worked really well. Um, this hmm. is kind of another, you know, Talk had a Sawyer Mini up in, um, on the Yukon journey. Right. When that water was so nasty with all the silt, he had used that and uh, for a little bit, and it didn't back up. And I was always really impressed by that, that it was able to work that well. Yeah. So um, for, I think they're $20 US. That's, that's, that's not, not bad too bad at all. Yeah. No, and, and they're so easy to use. Uh, you know, and, and you can, if you go to YouTube, you'll be able to look. Um, there, are some, there are some really good like uh, people talking about uh, ways to improve the use of them. And um, they're, they're awesome. They're just great. It's, it's, um, it's an idiot proof little system basically. So yeah. for me, that works out pretty well. Well, see, that's why I like the platypus gravity filter. That's my preference mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I fill one bag yeah. with water. I hang it from a tree. It goes through a filter into the clean water bag. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> yeah. I've got a, a Katadyne um, or Katydin, depending on how you pronounce it, um, gravity 
uh, system as well, like a base camp gravity system. Yeah. And, and use if there's more than just me or I'm going to be someplace for several days, I use that. But for for moving um, and solo especially, or and maybe double this this Sawyer was pretty cool little system. Yeah, it sounds. It definitely sounds like it is. I'm going to have to Google that one and check it out. For yeah. small use, I have a Grail, but it's mm-hmm. it's got some weight to it. So it's basically a, a double-lined mug, and you pull out the inner liner, and fill up the outer liner, and then the inner liner has a the filter, filter right on it, on the bottom. and just jam it in like a, like a tire pump, yeah. and it fills up the cup. You can drink right from it. I like the, the, the Grail, except it doesn't have a clip. No, I know. To clip it on, because when I'm portaging, I clip my water bottle yeah. onto my pack. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have that. Well, the little hand, the pull, could be used, but then you risk breaking you, that off yeah. or... Yeah. Yeah. I suppose you could manufacture one with duct tape, put a handle on it, but still it's, it's, I like it for just like for day tripping and stuff. You can just reach over the side, grab some water, or if you're kayaking somewhere, you can get water on the go. And uh, it's a filter is built right into it. Yeah. It's built, it's built right in. Yeah. Picture a water bottle with a filter on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so what about gear that you thought would be good and you wasn't light enough or? Uh, you know, the, the thing that I, when I had, I had gone and done some, uh, camping, we talked earlier in the year and I had done some camping in some of the state wildlife areas around here in my cousin's property and everything. And I took down that small Helinox chair, you know, just one of those little, and, and, you know, I love that thing. It's awesome. I have a little bit of a larger version that I take up on the Yukon with a like a larger backrest, and you can really relax. This one is two and a half pounds. It is very small, but it was still too much. Yeah, and that's so, heavy. You know when you're yeah when you're really trying to watch weight. So I will leave that at home for these kind of uh, trips, mm-hmm. and just uh, I've got a piece of a camp pad, small piece of a camp pad that I'm going to take out from here on out. I have um, an old square um, flotation device, mm-hmm. that thing right there, and uh, yeah, it, it's I, they, they sold them as old PFD seats. Yeah, so you can grab it those. and float and tie it onto your yourself sort of thing, which I never figured out. No, but I'll <laughs> take that because uh, yeah, you can sit on that no problems. So right? You can use it like a paddle board, I guess, if you needed an emergency but yeah it's, it's great padding for under your butt around camp and yeah and if your butt's getting sore while you're canoeing it's, yep. it's yep. A, a canoe seat but yeah you throw it on the ground when you're uh, at camp and it's pff, next to nothing mm-hmm. right yeah it's like those you know those um little uh the other thing that a lot of people use are those gardening pads oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're ultra they're light. a little cut light. out for your hand then you can yeah. put it down kneel on those those are nice too you know they're a little bit heavier than than what I'm using now, or what we'll be using now, but uh, that that works well too. Mm-hmm. My cook gear is—that's the other system that I really took a, a hard look at. I've got a an MSR reactor cook set. That's the basically that's that great mountain climbing, super fast water boiling system. Right. Uh, I probably won't do that again for an ultralight solo trip. I take that out a lot on paddling trips i take that out all the time the um as long as it's not like like the yukon i used uh whisper light uh, msr whisper light international which uses white gas yep this one's a canister 
I love it because it's it's compact. Everything fits together, but it's a little over a pound without the fuel canister. That's another three quarters of a pound. So you're like, well. <laughs> so I purchased a titanium pot and stove for the next trip. Uh, it's going to be slower to boil the water, but you know it's going to be a lot lighter. And and the prices of titanium and titanium gear has come down so much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you uh, go online and look at a lot of the pots, and and a lot of the designs are really really similar. So it, it does make you wonder if they're using the same manufacturers or manufacturing plants in China. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, but definitely the the prices have dropped so much. So I I have ordered I ordered a little Evernew uh, titanium stove, and uh, so you know just uh, pour out a little bit of gas in there, and and that should work. And then I ordered a just ordered another uh, or a new pot rather, nine hundred milliliter pot. Uh, just enough to for a dehydrated meal and you know like a cup of coffee or something. Yeah, I've I've gotten into bringing just one small pot for boil some water for the dehydrated and and yeah or breakfast you know a couple of oatmeal's and a, a a coffee sort of thing. Yeah, yep. So that's that's I think uh, the other change that I'll make there. The one thing that I I decided to do for. Uh, like for drinking where is uh, if you go to Starbucks and I don't like going to Starbucks. We, <laughs> we've talked about that in the past, <laughs> uh, but Starbucks has a, or at least they did before the COVID thing. They had a refillable plastic mug. Right. So it looks, it looks like they're cardboard takeaway mugs, but it's a, it's a light plastic, but yep. it is very lightweight and it's incredibly durable. I got one up in my cupboard. Yep. And they're they those are great for basically going out with uh, ultralight hiking. Um, Andrew Skirka, who's you know National Geographic Explorers of the Year, um, he recommends that. And he, he like he is in, like an insane hardcore hiker, right? right? He is wake up, start hiking. You don't stop to pee. You just go while you're hiking, kind of guy. I mean, that's his mentality, right? He's just moving. He doesn't stop, and. Uh, He's got a book called The Ultimate Hiker's Gear Guide, which is really good. And he has recommendations for, you know, for like low buck gear. Right. And the Starbucks was his recommendation in there. And so it's not all ultralight. It's not all uh, winter or summer kind of camping or whatever, but it's a really good book. And it's, ultimate- and it's gear that you could take on a canoe trip. Absolutely. And that's the yeah. thing, you know, like all of these things, right, that we're talking about are, you know, say, okay, well, we're talking about, you know, backpacking. Well, yes and no. Backpack's just really a hike talk- without a, or a portage without a canoe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just the second load. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so all of these things, you know, that, that you're looking at and we're talking about are, okay, well, how can we use this? What makes sense now for paddling? Well, when it comes to kayaking, it would be key because you you don't have as much room. So you're looking for an ultralight tent is smaller. Ultralight sleeping bag is smaller. So the more 
this, the lighter weight and, and smaller gear you have, it's easier to pack into your kayak if if you, uh, you know, when you, when you're really limited in space within a kayak for, for traveling and trekking. Not you, not that you'd normally do a portage, but I have done portages with kayaks. It's just not the ideal thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah. ultralight camping gear does help for kayakers. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and depending on the length of the portage, for example, it, it can be a great thing for, and if you don't want to run back and forth, right? Those, yeah. those single. Uh, yeah. Single carry. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for, for canoeists as well. Awesome. So you had a good trip anyway. Oh, I had a great trip. Yeah. Good. Um, and you know, the, su- the surprise of the canoe was like, you know, I, I the only thing that could have made that even even better was if there had been a bottle of whiskey sitting on the picnic table. You know, maybe there was, but the bear got it earlier. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, and I may have I may have carried my own in, so I, I was still okay. <laughs> well, speaking of, and as we said, we talk about this later, just to sort of segue into this. Mm-hmm. Um, lightweight and ultraweight tripping. My canoe pack when I first started was always double. Like I always had two packs plus yep. gear, you know, for your hands and mm-hmm. plus the big canoe I used to, to paddle. Over year over the years, you know, pieces get replaced and lighter, smaller, little tricks or yeah, that sort of thing. After ten trips and the, some piece of gear that you have never ever used on a trip, it's like ah, uh, you know, yeah. I think it's time to get rid of this thing because I never use it. Yeah. So one of the big things would be your your boat, be it a kayak, canoe, stand-up paddleboard, whatever you're yep. going tripping on. If you've got a carry, you know right off the bat you want to go light. Yeah. Right. So my 100-pound canoe has turned into a 52-pound canoe, and <laughs> under this one is my 34-pound Osprey, mm-hmm. um, which is a solo, of course. Mm-hmm. The... Wilderness system Zephyr here I've got. Yeah, I, I'll never... I tried... Well, I had to carry it a couple of times to get to the water from the vehicle. Yeah. Probably three quarters of a kilometer. Yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll be the last time I do that. <laughs> well, you <laughs> yeah. just... I found the easiest way to carry a kayak is just put one shoulder in the in the, in the the hatch combing and, and carry it over one side with one arm inside the kayak. It's just... I, I would never carry it uh, as a typical portage because you, oh, no. have, no, you need can't. a separate rack. Yeah. And I've seen yep. portage racks for kayaks, but, you know, that's another complicated factor, extra weight and yeah. extra gear that you're trekking along with. Well, that's how I carried that one was the one arm mm-hmm. on the shoulder. And after a while, yeah, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so your your canoes, kayaks, whatever, definitely one of the first things I think that people – they're one of the biggest things that people say, you know what? One of the biggest goals. It's I've like, got to get yeah. a lighter canoe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lighter boat. Uh, tents. Um, I had uh, a big tent for two people. I think I got a, I can't remember the name of it, but I got a Canadian tire. Yeah. But it would it'd sleep two people, no problems. Um, then I've got my, I, which just, you know, laid it to rest my, Eureka Spitfire Solo, which I've had for about 16, 18 years. Um, (laughs) That thing's finally given up the ghost. And, I mean, it was a a few pounds, even. Mm -hmm. So now I'm looking at a new tent. And I was was talking to Peter Romain about tents. And he goes with these Six Moon Designs tents. 
And he, I've been looking at a couple of those, and there's one. 26 ounces. <laughs> wow. That's like, oh my God. <laughs> um, it's a fraction of the weight of my Spitfire Solo. Yeah. Not all that expensive. I think it was like 135 bucks. Mm-hmm. But it's got no mm-hmm. floor. No, it's got, it's, it's the floor, the, the, and I wish I can remember the Luna. Yep. The Luna. Yeah. It's got the floor with the netting hmm. and a fly, but you need a pole or you buy, you know, like you buy one of their poles or just use your trekking pole. Cause yeah. it, it is more geared towards lightweight campers, yeah. uh, like hikers, but you could do this with a canoe trip and I'm looking at it, 26 ounces. Hmm. Like, you know, and I mean, that's even with the whole chair debate. Do you bring a chair? I used to bring a big chair. Mm-hmm. And then that turned into one of the little Helinox style chairs. Yeah. And my last yep. trip, I said, I'm just leaving the chair at home and I'm bringing my hammock. Oh, perfect. You because sit I hammock. can sit in the hammock. Yep. I can lay in the hammock. Yep. I can whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first day the hammock ripped in half. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so it was just kind of, you know what? Anyway, that's another story altogether. But um, yeah. So, I mean, and that the, the, the hammock. With the straps compared to the chair was maybe a quarter of the weight of that chair. So when you start looking at things like that, uh, I used to have a really heavy sleeping bag. And then I went with one of the lightweight um, down ones that you could put in a little stuff sack and get really small. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's nice and light. And it's probably a third the weight of my original sleeping bag. And it'll actually has the, the a bit of a better rating, like temperature wise, you know. So now all of a sudden I'm going from big things to smaller things, lighter things. So, you know, you start out with a 70 pound pack and eventually you get it down to maybe 40, 45 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing comes down to, you know, Comfort for portaging in your campsite. What are you willing to leave at home so that you can portage comfortably, preferably single portage? Mm -hmm. And what do you not want to leave at home? Because you want that comfort around camp. Yeah. Which is exactly what Derek was saying earlier. Yeah. You know, what, what, you know, you, you want the, you want to do your nice lightweight portage but you want to be comfortable at camp as well so for hiking i would i would think you want more for the the carrying as opposed to camp because if you're going to hike all day set up camp go to bed so you can get up early the next morning and go it really isn't too much you're doing around camp yeah right um so yeah i mean you gotta you gotta think about the luxuries you can deal with you can do without the luxuries you can't do without my big question is this so riddle me this (laughs) when how light is too light when does it become useless or inconsequential fragile to start dropping weight yeah like like for me like somebody says oh yeah you know i might i'm at 30 pounds but i want to drop it three ounces (laughs) it's a little yeah Yeah. like yeah, really. I'm not worried about. And when when I did the winter trekking with the boys, 
it, it did matter because the the lighter weight we were climbing mountains right so mm-hmm. it was it was a yeah. lot of work and and uh i learned a lot from grant brower on this and uh, so he had a kitchen scale and and he was like you know, removing carabiners. Okay, we don't need that carabiner. We need, don't need this. And he repackaged all his freeze-dried meals into Ziplocs because, if, like, you know, all these meals, once you add it up and get rid of all the packaging, you're saving, like, you know, uh, up to half a pound just on packaging alone, mm-hmm. right? So it, uh, it, it once you nickel and dime it and you get rid of half ounce here, half ounce there, it, I was surprised at how much weight you saved. But he he also he did it excessively, but his pack was fairly light, and uh, so it was. Uh, I wasn't willing to do too much excessive work. I thought, you know what, I'll handle the extra weight. I'll just deal with it, right? Yeah. It, uh, it but it 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 was surprisingly how when, once you save a half ounce on you know ten twenty different items, it adds up to a couple pounds, up, right? Yeah. Right. So it it does make a difference looking at what I took out and some of those changes and things that I would or wouldn't take again, I was able to get basically five pounds out of there without any pain. Wow. You know, and and look at that and say, you know what, when I was, when I was hoofing it out the next day and you're doing some road sections because the, you know, the ice age trail uses County roads and stuff as well. And it's hot or you're hiking Hills yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you look at that and you say, God, five pounds is actually a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 And see, I'd be looking at that as if you're way up North and you, like, if you're on a Jim Baird sort of trip mm-hmm. where you're, mm-hmm. you know, or Justin Barber, where you're trekking it through, you know, Labrador, you know, through the bush yeah. or a and, Derek Specht kind of trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, when, when you're, when you're hiking, you know, you got a, you got a bushwhack for a, a kilometer with that pack on. Right. Plus your canoe. I mean, you're not doing the canoe at the same time probably, yeah. but still. But even even still, like, I mean, you've got a couple of long portages in Algonquin even. And it's the difference between doing two trips, one with the canoe and one with the pack, or doing one trip. Like, if you're looking at a two-kilometer portage, you only want that's going to be once. two kilometers or that's going to be six, six kilometers. Yeah. Right. And a big chunk yep. of day. I mean, if it's if it's if it's two hundred and fifty meters, big whoopty. Yeah, yeah. You know, but when you're talking a couple of kilometers or uh, what is it, just over four kilometers or about four kilometers from Hogan to uh, Crow. Yeah, is it Crow? Or yeah, um, you know, you're looking at four kilometers. Well, that's Frank, either four or twelve. And then there's remember the Frank Wolf one we saw. We, they oh uh, yeah, and his yeah, buddy yeah. did forty eight kilometers yeah. or something. Yeah, they Jeez. had the wheels though. They had the wheels yeah. plus a flat tire. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So, but that's a long portage. That's 150 kilometers. You do it three <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that—that's so. Would your goal, when you're talking lightweight, there is absolutely no way I'm getting ultra light. There is absolutely no way I'm getting lightweight. I'm going with medium weight. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just hanging. I'm putting that out there right yeah, now. There's, yeah. What is yeah. your goal for a portage pack? To single carry or double carry with the canoe and enough gear that you're comfortable? Mm-hmm. Which would you prefer? John? Me? Yeah. 
Um, you know what? It's it, what it's going to come down to is uh, what what boat am I using? If I'm using, you know, because because of my back injury, I really don't want to push it. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm probably, but but the, you know, at the same time. It also is going to depend on where you're at because that big Agnes, that ultralight tent, and and I love it. I wouldn't take that up to someplace like the Yukon because when you start or or like you did up in James Bay, mm-hmm. uh, Sean, because you know when those winds come in and they're coming in really hard. Yeah, I I would be concerned about stuff you know go, going through that. Right. A point so I would go with. Pardon me? becomes a point of survival. Yeah. It's like you need so, that shelter in these extreme conditions. Yeah. Something that's a little bit heavier. Um, so instead of that two and a half pound tent, I'd probably take a four pound tent. Mm-hmm. I've got a, 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 it's actually, it's a, I've got two at about, right at about four pounds. One, the, another big Agnes and then an REI tent. And um, I would end up probably taking one of those. So I guess when I get, when I'm thinking about, you know, a portage or a portage for American listeners. <laughs> um, when I when I'm thinking about that, you know, I, a lot of it's going to come down to the boat. If I have a a kayak, I'm going to take as absolutely ultra light as I can with the pack, and I'll probably do it in two. And the reason I would take the, the extreme ultra light as, as best I could there is because figuring that again with a bad back the kayak's going to give me enough trouble, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but if I've got a lightweight canoe and, and I'm thinking about like, you know, when I'm thinking about this stuff and, and, and was thinking about this today, you know, I immediately went to like a skin on frame. Right. Right. That, that's in my mind. It was like, you know, uh, back country, you know, uh, John Babulik. Yeah. Uh, back country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm thinking about his, and you think about, like, you know, that he's got that 15-foot brookie, um, or the the Laker tandem, which I think is 16, and those go anywhere, 27 or 35 pounds. Mm-hmm. So you think about that, and you think, okay, well, for for somebody who doesn't have a back issue, you got a lightweight pack and a 15 brookie at 27 pounds, you're, you're doing this pretty easy in one one pass, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and which is, which would for me be the goal. And, um, I'm, I'm at the point where, you know, I, I just can't push it though. So my, my situation is a little bit different than, you know, than for what you guys might look at. Yeah. Now my, my Osprey solo canoe mm-hmm. is it's Kevlar uh, fusion. Um, yep. it's 34 pounds. So I've been on a trip, and actually, you start where you start. You automatically start with a one-kilometer portage mm-hmm. to the lake. I've managed to get all my gear down to one big pack, and I put that lightweight canoe, so thirty-four pounds, on, yep. and I just boogied down this this one-kilometer trail, no problems. Mm-hmm. So for me, my my goal is not. Um, now having said that I've got this, I think my prospector is about 52 pounds. So a 16 foot prospector yep. I've soloed solo tripped as well. 
um, or, or sorry, a single portage uh, with a big pack and just the canoe. So just boom, 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 boom. Throw the pack on, th- uh, you know, strap in your fish poles and your, your paddles and mm-hmm. off the portage you go. My goal isn't um, necessarily, it's got to be super lightweight. I uh, My goal is a single portage. Mm-hmm. So if I can afford in that pack that it's not going to kill me, you know, like, because it's just too heavy. Um, yeah. I mean, depending on your strength, you can you can single portage a fifty-two pound canoe and a seventy-five pound pack if you're, you know, the the rock, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> like that. But for yeah. the average person, that's not happening. So if I can get it down to a manageable size pack, which I got to think is probably about forty to forty-five pounds. Mm. Well, that's a hiking weight, but I, I've never weighed a. My canoe pack. My, my canoe pack, when Tracy and I went canoeing, she wanted to know how heavy it was. Uh-oh. And it was a 50-pound pack that she had on. So my, my packs are generally around 50 pounds. But I, sp- I, I split up the gear, right, between two people. But if I'm solo, I leave certain stuff at home. I don't bring, you know, and, I, and I've got this over the years where, like, when I first started, I'm sure we all did. Well, I got a pair of socks for every day, a pair of underwear for every day. There's a shirt yes. for every day. <laughs> right. yeah. I got a couple of pairs of shorts. And well, there's half right. your pack gone right exactly, there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I change my gear based on if I'm going solo as well. Mm-hmm. I don't bring as much. You're not needing all the extra utensils. You're not needing yep. the extra, you know, pan that you're using as a, as a plate sort of thing. Um, and that you're not bringing plates because you're using one of your cook set pans as a plate. Mm-hmm. Right, so you, you save weight that way, but my goal is to have enough to do my trip, be fairly comfortable at camp, and um, safe from the 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 weather, and still be able to do single portages comfortably. Absolutely, yeah. That is my goal. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean like if if that single portage includes bringing a chair, I'll bring the chair. Yeah, if it fits in. Yeah. If, I almost always in. bring a chair. Yeah. Well, this is the first time I, you know, I, I didn't because I was going, you know what? I'm, the hammock I'm just going to bring the hammock because <laughs> I just set it up and yeah, <laughs> hammock's great if it'll not rip, <laughs> if it cooperates. Yeah. Hammock not cooperating. So that's my goal. What about you, Derek? Same? Yeah. I, uh, when it comes to portages, just from experience, it's, uh, the, the thing that makes me want to do a single portage, like, you know, it's doubling a portage or tripling it, I guess you say, is uh, is fine and dandy because the trip back, you're kind of looking at the trees and looking for, you know, smelling the roses type thing. But uh, if it's a buggy portage. And I, hot. Buggy, hot, yeah. I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I don't want to walk that three times. Yeah. It's just, yeah. No, no. So it really comes down to, uh, it comes to. You know the the heat load and uh, and the bugs. So it's mm-hmm. like I, my goal is a single portage, just because when when you get usually at the end of the portages when you're near the lake, there's like oh, a lot of bugs, right? Yeah. So it's uh, I just want to avoid that. So if I can if I can quickly get down to the water, throw the canoe in, sh- shuck the pack off into the canoe, and jump off into the lake within you know less than a minute, then that's ideal. That's my goal, yeah. right? Yeah, that's and, my goal. Yeah. I'm sort of there. Mm-hmm. Sort of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think that's about all. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do, do you got anything else on this subject, John? Ultralight? No. Lightweight? I'm, I'm, medium weight? Is there anything you guys would not... What's the, What's the one piece of gear or one item or or whiskey um <laughs> that that you guys wouldn't give up that you know is wasted too much weight. weight yeah yeah for me it's What's a chair perfect? yeah i always bring a chair and and i've spent the money i have a uh equin a equin uh helionox helionox uh chair so it's really lightweight packs pretty mm-hmm. small but it's it's the luxury of sitting around camp at night in the evening and and having the comfort of a chair and not sitting on a, you know, a, a, you know, a rough log or a rock or something around camp. It's, it's to, to give my back a rest. I could get the lean back. So it, that's one of these, those luxuries that, uh, I, I, I'll always bring a chair. It's, it's just, it's one of the comfort items, right? It makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It really makes a difference in the trip. Yeah. My white one item would be a tarp, whether it's a, a lightweight, fancy dancy tarp or even a blue like one of those blue utility tarps just to get out of the rain or uh the sun if you need to see i consider tarps my base weight it's like that's just part of the base minimum that i have to bring yeah and see that's that's just one thing i don't consider it a luxury item the chair is a luxury item for me yeah yeah, yeah, it's just, I'm just talking just one yeah, item. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. I don't think there's any luxury items that I could not do without. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I'd like to bring that I just don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's the only thing I think that I would absolutely not want to be without is a tarp. Some yeah, sort of tarp. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. even on, even if you got caught out on a portage or on the edge of a lake in a big rainstorm, you can quickly pull the tarp out and cover yourself and get out of the elements and yeah. and stuff like that. So it's one of those things. It's it's kind of like an emergency item, also, right? Mm-hmm. For a quick shelter throw together, or if something happens to your tent, you can you can build yourself a, a like a lean to type thing with a tarp and you keep yourself out of the elements. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a well. When we had the uh, lightning hit the tree next to our tent and up on uh, cedar. The top of the tree came right through the tent. So we pulled the tree out of the, through the door, <laughs> looked at the big hole in the tent, threw our tarp over top. Yeah, there you go. And we could, you know, we, we were able exactly. to spend another day up there, like spend that night up there, yeah. right? One so. thing that, uh, now we learned, I learned this last year when I, I went with the boys and we uh, circled the Algonquin Park. We were trying to go as light as possible and it just made sense to... Uh, we ended up, I have a Nemo bug tent. So it's just a single shelter. It's like a, a tarp with bug netting, right? And yep. uh, so I had a, a white tarp for the ground and the Nemo, and so we set that up every night, and that was our our sleep system. That was our shelter, right? And uh, me and Mike, when we go to Tomogamy in a week and a half, that's what we're doing again. We're bringing... I'm going to bring the white tarp and the uh, and the bug tent, and so this this year he's bringing his dog, so he can't sleep in his hammock that he normally would. So he was going to have <laughs> to bring a tent, and so we decided, you know what? Instead of bringing a tent and a hammock and all that extra space and weight, we'll just us and the dog will sleep inside the bug tent, and it'll save it'll save some capacity in the packs. It'll save some weight because we're not having double sleep systems and stuff like that, right? So it's a uh, now we're just, now we're down to debating whose bug tent. He's got a 
what is it? Uh, I've got the Nemo bug tent, and he's got the uh, Eureka no bug zone. Yeah, n- That's Eureka what no got. bug zone. So he's got a, his is nine by nine. Mine, my Nemo is a twelve by twelve, and we're just trying to figure out. Uh, it's well, mine's only I think a, a pound or so heavier than his, and it packs about maybe thirty forty percent bigger than his. So it's Ooh. right now we're we're debating what one to bring. The luxury of all the space. I prefer the Nemo just because I, I like the quality better. But uh, yeah. if it comes down to weight and space, then we'll just take his uh, his uh, his no bug zone. I'd be more on the the space than the weight. Mm-hmm. Is well, if I have a compression are, sack, it'll get a lot smaller. Yeah. Are you uh, are you taking a tarp in addition to the no bug zone? If you yes. use that one. So yeah. Oh. So we'll we'll also have a tarp, and that's just for emergency case sake. Right. We'll just have a. I have a really compact. Uh, a tarp that uh, doesn't take much room and it's really light, so it's uh, we will take that as well, or maybe we won't. It's uh, we haven't really decided yet because I am going to have the uh, the small tarp that we would put our thermorests on, but uh, just to keep us off the ground. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so we're we're still debating weight and size capacity. We're going to have two packs, one canoe. The dog's going to have his own little pack, so we'll figure it out. Good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah. So you got anything else on this one? I don't. John, any other questions on this? No, I, uh, well, actually, yeah, I do. I get one other question for you guys. <laughs> okay. And I'm not doing this to keep you in the heat longer. 48. <laughs> <laughs> 42. Um, knife. Kniffy. Would you, so there's a book called Ultralight Backpacking Tips. Okay. It's written by a guy named Mike Cleland, and it's actually, it's a really good book, um, and he just goes through and gives you all of these different tips of ways to save weight, and and it's a lot of good information, actually. It's not, you know, just sort of a, you know, a top 10 list you find online. It's a, it's a, a book worth reading. He talks about a knife in there. I have always carried a knife mm-hmm. of some kind with me. Uh a lot of times a Swiss Army knife or, uh, you know, a multi-tool, something like that. I think when, if I'm in a kayak and it's got a rudder or moving parts, the multi-tool is just, it has to, you have to have it. Yeah. Um, but he says you can take a single-sided razor blade and leave the knife at home and save more weight. How do you protect what the you blade th- from cutting stuff? Do you, I guess you could just wrap it in cardboard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's what he does. He says, I used "Take." I uh, have one that was up in here, so I think I threw it out. It has a metal. It was a single one of the old style razor blades. Yeah. And there was a little metal piece. No, it was stuck underneath the. Um, uh, no, the, the 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 tubing on the wall. Oh. The conduit. Yeah. There was a little metal thing stuck in there. I think I threw it out because I got tired of it sitting there. But there's basically, you take one of those old style razor blades mm-hmm. and this little metal piece would fit over top one of the halves. Oh, okay. So if you got a second one that would fit over the other half, your razor blade, both blades are covered. Mm-hmm. So you can take yeah. one off and you've got a handle to use the razor right. blade. I've got, uh, I usually carry, I've got a, I've got it in Gerber. I've got uh, Husky one. It's like, you know, the uh, disposable blades. Yeah. It, it uh, it's just like a flip blade, and you put that disposable blade in, snap it shut, and and so you can 
use one side, gets it dull, you flip it around, and then you get another sharp side. I always have one of those on me in my pocket or something. I use it for cutting steak or for just cutting twine yeah. or tying up the tarp or stuff. It's always in my pocket. It doesn't weigh much, the, the Gerber one I have. It's, uh, it, uh, it works out really well. The, uh, it, it's small, it's compact, it's lightweight, and it's a razor blade. I, I never have to sharpen it. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually kind of thinking about this for, for, for backpacking. I think if I'm, if I'm paddling, like I say, I'll probably take a multi-tool and, and, you know, even when I went out this time, I have a small, oh shit, emergency kit. Yeah. And yeah. I also have a more, a little bit more elaborate first aid kit. I think after taking that first responder course, like it really, you know, kicked in my mind, well, I want to take these things. And if, you know, so I've got extra weight there, but I'm looking at that thinking how often, I mean, I love, I love my knives, but how often do I actually use them or would I actually need to use them? Yeah. Now, see, I've got the one on my, 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 uh, PFD Mm -hmm. and I rarely use that one. But the one on my hip, I use for everything. Mm-hmm. That's the one I've misplaced. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then I that yeah. But you know what though? Mm. What happens in the middle of the night when you hear a bear in your campsite and you need to throw face ra- off with a knife? Throw a razor blade at him? What are you going to do? Shave the bear? <laughs> <laughs> you, you could make friends with the bear <laughs> that way. Let me give you a little shave. Have a, t- get, have right. a Snickers because you're always angry when. You- <laughs> interesting bears need interesting haircuts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I usually have an axe and a small folding handsaw. So with that weight, it doesn't make sense for me to shave down too much to save my weight on, you know, two ounces of a knife, right? I'll bring the knife. It's I'm bringing an axe. You know what I mean? So Yeah, see, I haven't brought an axe in years. No? No. Yeah. I, I used to always uh, used to have a, I had an axe, then I went to a hatchet, then I went to a folding saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I've, yeah, I suppose a folding saw should be sufficient. If you, you really who's who's cutting that big of a chunk of wood that you need to split it, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Especially when yeah. I'm bringing the chainsaw, what do I need an axe for? <laughs> <laughs> well, my theory on it is I've I've got bear spray, and so yeah. you know the odds of the odds of using a knife or a a hatchet on a wild animal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they're close enough, you need to use that. You you, you probably got some big problems you need to think about. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. You got some life up. choices that you made that were wrong. That's right. <laughs> and, and you still have a paddle that you can use as a club anyways, right? So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 like, I have that belt knife that I just use for everything. Yeah. You know, whether mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I want to whittle something or, like you say, cut a steak or... Open a package of something or whatever. It's a multi, yeah. you know. Um, it's all yeah. It's used to be always with me. <laughs> Still haven't found it. I know it's here. I just <laughs> placed it somewhere to be safe and forgot where. Kind of like my prescription sunglasses. My prescription Oakley sunglasses before my high care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put them I, somewhere I, and. <laughs> they're I, they're either up someplace on the trail, or I'm hoping they're someplace here because that was a a five hundred dollar mistake. Otherwise, Ouch. oops, Ow. yeah, yeah, <laughs> wow, expensive trip. Yeah, I would say so. It wasn't all that new gear. <laughs> 
Yeah, so right now I'm looking at uh, hopefully this year I can trim off a few more pounds and start getting down. My my goal is that single portage. And right mm-hmm. now I'm at about a portage and a quarter. For me, the only weight that I'm really interested in losing now is around my midsection. <laughs> and if I can lose that extra 15 or 20 pounds, that makes all the difference. I've yeah. lost... 17 pounds. And that was just this morning in, in, in the in bathroom? In two months. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. See, I've, I've put, probably put that on during the COVID thing here. I've gained no, weight for COVID. the COVID thing is the problem because I go down in my basement, right? And I don't have windows. Mm-hmm. So I'll be working away and then realize, oh, you know what? I'm a bit pickish. Yeah. I'll just wait and I'll go get something. Yeah. I'm going to go grab something to eat. And it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So it's no, sen- yeah, it's no sense having <laughs> lunch now. Wow. You know? So yeah, I miss a lot of lunches. Yeah. I'm and, gone uh, the opposite way, sadly. Well, that's and see, that's too. a lot of bread. Because I eat a lot of sandwiches at lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah. And bread, they say, oh, yeah, I cut out your breads and stuff the like carbohydrates, that. Carbohydrates, yeah. 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 So, because, uh, yeah, 17, 17 pounds. Wow, that's impressive. 17 mm. pounds in, what, two months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> that just gives me... Time to get ready for hibernation come winter. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the, that, that excuse to eat that little bit more. Um, what else is going on here? Oh, 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 last thing I've got for the day. This is good. Uh-oh. This coming weekend, Tracy is heading up to see Tori Baird, Jim Baird's wife. Oh, yeah. For a paddle like a girl weekend. Tori has started this this um, this business, paddlelikeagirl.com. Canoeing course for by women for women, a weekend all about teaming uh, all about learning and building the skills required to plan and execute a backcountry canoe trip. Learn and practice skills without judgment, converse and make friends with like-minded women, inspire and be inspired. Take your backcountry game to the next level. Unleash your inner badass and paddle like a girl. So usually what happens, because Tracy's only been canoe tripping with me the last couple of years. And usually what happens, I plan everything, pack everything, load everything. She hops in the truck. We drive. She helps me unload the the truck and put the stuff in. She paddles. She takes a, a... packed to the other end of the portage. You know, I, I give her some direction when we get to camp. We'll get here, set this up, or take this over there, or do this. Do, you know, not a whole lot. I'll cook over the stove. I'll get the fire started. And I'll, you know, I'm doing like 90% of the, the work. So she's going up to learn that 90% with a bunch of women. Nice. Um, for the weekend. Uh, Friday till Sunday. So the weekend after... Her and I are going away for four days. Not sure where yet, but we're going to go on a four-day canoe trip. <laughs> cool. And I am going to sit on my ass <laughs> and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, show me what you learn. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to sit in my little chair. And it'll be the last time she goes camping with me. It'll you. be the last yeah, time she goes camping with say. me. <laughs> so, Siobhan was supposed to be on. postcards from her. Yeah, we thought future. Siobhan was going to. Yeah, Siobhan was supposed to go on it, but uh, she hadn't heard anything about it, and she assumed that it was canceled because of COVID. So she just uh, forgot about it. Yeah, well, they we signed up before all the COVID stuff, mm-hmm. 
And um, then we thought, well, okay, well, we're going to get our money back because it's yeah. not going to happen. Or she'll just, you know, we'll we'll let her keep it and then just put us in and whenever it starts up, let it, yeah, yeah. Tracy yeah. know sort of thing. But then, no, they're just in time. Yeah. So, Things have opened yeah, up. They're, they're heading up and uh, that's cool. they're going to do that's that. That's awesome. So that'll be cool. So it's too bad. I think Siobhan would have learned a lot from it. I think it would mm-hmm. have been good. It's uh, she, she's really good around the camp. She does a lot of the work too, but uh, she's she's not an independent thinker when it comes to the you know. So she's getting better at it. She's uh, because she takes the kids camping a lot now, and she used to take her nieces camping. But backcountry is different for her. It's she's totally used different. to she's used to front country camping. She's not used to the backcountry camping. Yeah. So, you know the the uh, dynamic thinking about uh, you know don't sit your tent up in a depression and and make sure there's good runoff. Don't dig ditches and leave no trace and stuff like yeah. that. Right. So that that's the stuff that uh, she needs to learn a bit more about. And I think she would have got a lot out of this weekend. Yeah. And I mean, that's some of the stuff, uh, planning your trip, map reading, meal planning and drinking water, waterproofing gear, shouldering and carrying a canoe, solo and tandem paddling flat water, lighting a fire, cooking over the fire, bear safety and leave no trace. So really interested to see how uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that works out. I think it would be worthwhile. I'll have to talk to her again. Maybe Tori's going to run a couple more courses. Yeah, she's got a couple more on on the site for yeah, uh, all listed. Yeah, uh, paddlelikeagirl dot com. Mm-hmm. So cool. very cool. Uh, and that's all I've got for today. Yeah, that's well, an hour and a half show tonight. Yeah, yeah, I know it's dragging out. No, Everybody's going. Okay. We're boring our listeners. No, we're not. They're <laughs> they're listening. We're just getting overheated in here now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some doors and windows open here. Uh, you got anything else, John? Feel uh, free to say I, yes if it's going to tick Derek off. <laughs> John, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> I'll make it quick. And, and, it's, and, and it's a topic that will make you feel cooler automatically because it's about the Winter Camping Symposium. Ah. Um, the Minnesota version yep Mm -hmm. there was uh online there used to be these great winter camping forums and there was a lot of great information there from people that had been winter camping for years and years and the person that had that um basically shut it down oh and so the folks from the winter camping symposium here um tried to see if they could get acquire those because there's so much good info in there right and there's a lot of stuff on traditional camping and and uh, winter camping and uh that didn't work out though they weren't able to get that so they decided to set up their own so uh there's you know the they're different than facebook groups obviously and there's i think people people react differently on them too so i what i want to say is that if if uh you're tired of some of the facebook interactions yes um and you know with people who have zero experience talking about you know why their gear is the best gear uh even though they've never used anything else Mm -hmm. um (laughs) this the forums are actually really good and so they've set one up uh i think it's a really good thing to check out if you go to i think they have that just up on their winter camping symposium site. So it's well worth, uh, worth a look at. And I think I'm just going to type that in here because I want to make sure that that works. Winter camping will take you to the forums. Okay. And, uh, 
from there, then you can work your way through it. There's going to be a place for blogs and articles for groups, and then they'll have information about the big their big um, event over in Minnesota that that I can't recommend highly enough to people. Um, cool, it's a good event. Yeah, so the the forums are there. Again, it's it's something that it's you know more information than socialization. But, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So forums are always great. I've been on forums. Well, I mean, that's I've been on forums since I started my canoe trip. Mm-hmm. My CCR, Gonkin mm-hmm. yeah. Adventures, uh, Mark in the Park. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is good. So you know, I just want to give a shout out to the board at the Winter Camping Symposium for being so you know willing to get that up and running. Um, Matt Rasky, uh, Ryan Fox, Rhonda Reynolds, Pete Brodigan were really kind of spearheaded this and and it's uh well worth taking a look at because if you think about it we're not so far away from winter right now i'm liking Uh, the idea of winter right now i actually changed my facebook profile picture today i saw that (laughs) (laughs) i saw that too (laughs) to one where i was snowshoeing this uh this wind this past winter yeah, you know, got, got the hat on, the beard going, everything like that. My Algonquin plaid jacket on, and you know, everybody like, uh, dude, like <laughs> feeling cool in my bed. And my, did you see my hot chocolate picture? Yes, I did with the marshmallows yeah. melting in it. Because <laughs> when you leave the basement door open, all the hot air or cold air rolls all the way back down Downstairs. the basement. Yeah. So while people are roasting in the top floor. I've got a sweater on in the basement with my boots and my hoodie and jackets and a toque, <laughs> drinking hot chocolate. Beauty. <laughs> yeah, the cool weather's on its way. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, not too soon though. Looking forward to the fall camping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that all you got, John? Please say yes. Well, I'm not going to say it. I've got a long story, Derek, about yeah. uh, about my life early and the wilds of of Rockton, Illinois, that I'd like to share with you now. Uh, it's about a two-hour story. Uh, <laughs> well, let me just crack a beer and, and get started on this. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night, Derek. When... I was three. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Derek, I don't have anything else. Yay! <laughs> wow. The commitment to this show, Derek, is awesome, buddy. I'm melting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was comfortable in here for a while, but now it's the heat's starting to well, pick up Well, because we had again. to turn the fan off. Yeah. No, but it got comfortable in here for a while. It was for a bit. It you was know when it started getting hot? When you started talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not in hot air. Yeah, today, yeah. <laughs> don't need the, don't need the uh, laptops overheating. Yeah. <laughs> well, already. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to these episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. The episodes are all on paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can go to our episode tab at the top of the page or just click on our big on this episode blue picture thingy on our front that's the technical term picture thingy (laughs) on our on our main page and that'll take you right to the episode page as well if you enjoy the podcast please share it with your friends and feel free to interact with us on facebook if you want to post stuff or answer you know put little comments and stuff like that 
uh, about the shows, ask questions, feel free to do that. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, John, thanks for being here this week. Thank you, guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time. <laughs>